Hello and welcome to the We Are Habs podcast, the show that lifts the lid on some of the old girls and boys who, after leaving haberdashers, have made their mark on the world. I'm Elliot Gotkin, Meadows, 1987 to 1994, wearing my Meadows colours tie, by the way. I'm a journalist, master of ceremonies and host of the FNTech podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by an actor and Habs boy who made his debut in the stage production of Torch Song at the Turbine Theatre in London. He's appeared on the long-running ITV show Emmerdale and is now set for his biggest gig yet, a starring role in the upcoming Disney show Ms. Marvel. Rishar, welcome to the We Are Habs podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Uh, how are things where you are right now? You you in you in London right now? I am. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm back home finally. It's been it's been a long year um, uh, with traveling for work and uh, filming on on some of the projects. But um, I think because of COVID, it was really difficult to have family come and visit me or any friends. Um, luckily, now the borders have kind of opened up a bit with the US, uh, which is primarily where I was. Um, but it's really nice to be back. It's really, really nice to be back and catch up with everyone and spend some time with the family. Um, I feel like I missed so much when I was away. Well, I, I listened to a, a few different uh, podcasts with, you know, actors and uh, who've been on set filming stuff during COVID. Some of them were like, you know, stuck in New Zealand for like six months and this and that. I mean, were you kind of stuck anywhere? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, I was, I wouldn't say stuck, but I was... Um, filming in Atlanta uh, for a long time. Um, and that was where we shot Miss Marvel. Um, and then we went from there to Thailand um, to film two episodes, which was um, an incredible, incredible experience. Um, and I'd never been before. So that was, um, I think one of the coolest things about the job that I do is that you get to travel to new places and meet new people and experience new cultures. Um, and Atlanta is so different to um, you know, other parts of America and, and LA specifically. Um, so the Southern culture and the Southern hospitality felt very real. Um, and that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been very lucky that, um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't stuck anywhere as much as I felt alone at times. I wasn't stuck anywhere. Right. And presumably there were, there were all sorts, I was hearing all sorts of COVID restrictions and like masks wearing on, like only taking your masks off when you, you've kind of got your bit to kind of act on or whatever. I mean, can you, can you tell us a bit about that? What was the, what was it like acting under COVID restrictions versus normal? Yeah. Um, it was, it was a very different way um, of operating than, you know, what I'm used to seeing all of the safety measures and precautions being put into place. And um, luckily, you know, the studios were extremely cautious about the safety of our crew members and our cast members. Um, and so every, we were testing regularly and, um, there were quarantines involved and we had to travel to a new location and things like this. But um, it was, I think it was really um, a privilege to be working in, in that time frame during COVID because obviously it's such a serious um, pandemic going on. Um, and unfortunately it's affected a lot of people in really, really horrific ways. Um, so I, I just feel really lucky to have been able to work in that period and thankfully stay safe and stay healthy. Um, right. Yes. I can imagine it must, you know, uh, all sorts of uh, things going on with people coming down with it and, and obviously other other issues affecting so many people around the world. Um, of course, one of, you were mentioning one of the things, and we mentioned in our introduction, uh, Ms. Marvel, um, that you are going to be starring in. I know you can't tell us a huge amount, um, so what can you tell us? <laughs> um, uh, they, I, I want to keep my job within the MCU, but um, it's, it's just, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. It's 
um, it's a show that's going to be on Disney Plus and it's all, you know, intertwined within the wider MCU. And um, I personally am such a fanboy of Marvel and the comics and the MCU. So to be able to enter that universe um, and, and play a part in this, in this pro uh, production um, in, in, in the show is something which I think felt beyond my realm of possibility uh, this time a year ago or a year and a half ago when I started auditioning for them. But um, it's been a really surreal process. And I think it's been something which I have felt very out of my depth doing in the best way. And, um, I, you know, I think those are the projects that excite, excite me the most is when you do feel challenged and you're going to set and it's like, wow, this is what I get to do today. And I'm waking up and I'm just so excited to be able to go in and, um, be surrounded by such amazing scales of, um, of sets and everybody was so passionate that was there. Like there's such a, um, integrity and, um, discipline, but also just like joy that's brought to set by everybody. And, um, you, you do just feel like, oh, wow, there's no, I don't know. It, it was just, um, a really surreal experience. And can you tell us uh, any other names that you were working with? Any other actors that we would uh, that we would have heard of? Um, so it's a bunch of. Um, I think the cast. Uh, it's quite a young cast, um, and a lot of us are kind of newcomers, I'd say. Um, but I was really lucky to work opposite Iman, who plays Miss Marvel, um, and she is an incredibly, incredibly fierce young girl who is um, just such an inspiration to to be able to play opposite because. She brings this incredible energy and bubbliness and um, so much talent that I was just really lucky to be able to form this friendship with her, um, you know, off, off set that when we were working together, it just felt really natural and really fun. Um, but I can't say too much about the characters other than um, I'm playing a character called Kamran. And um, I, yeah, I feel really, really blessed to be a part of the MCU. Well, I do have one question. I don't know if you can answer this, but um, Captain Marvel is a is a woman so i'm just i mean technically a, a, a ms marvel of sorts i guess but but i mean any relation to, to ms marvel captain marvel um I'm, <laughs> all i can say is um that i i can't i can't comment I can't. all right all you can say is that you you can't say anything no problem but look, i mean how did you actually get the role because you know it's one thing to be on the stage at a you know on a production in london mm -hmm. to be on a soap opera like emmerdale mm -hmm. and then to find yourself in hollywood part of the marvel cinematic universe and in a starring role how did you make that lead did you just turn up to an audition got it and that was it i, I wish it i wish it were that simple um but i i feel like uh, as, as things go in, in all industries, it is a matter of just, um, you know, a slight domino effect and building my credits and feeling like I was trying to earn my stripes. And I still very much feel that way. Um, but it's, you know, now looking back at it after having shot, um, shot the series, um, I've been trying to kind of retrace how, how it really happened. And I feel as though each project has, um, taught me different lessons and introduced me to new people and, um, they have somewhat kind of led to this moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, being in Torch Song and making my theatrical debut was, um, I think definitely, uh, something which, um, helped me along the way to, to getting the role of Kamran, um, in, in a couple of ways, because you have casting directors come to see these shows and on press nights and stuff like that. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, um, a really scary, uh, audition process, but one in which I was somewhat just like, 
going through the motions and trying not to get my hopes up too much because you can't you can't hold these things too close to your heart um otherwise you'll just be let down but um yeah i just got i got really lucky and somehow um showed that maybe i'm the right guy for this role and hopefully i did the character justice and how did you feel when you got that call that said you've got it i was um i was on cloud nine honestly i was on cloud nine i i think it was really late and i was i was here in my in my childhood bedroom um at home and um i got a kind of late night call from my um my team in america and as soon as i got that call it's like it's the weirdest thing because you get like these kind of when it's a conference call you kind of know that it might be good news so i think i somewhat preempted it my palms started sweating and i was like oh god maybe this is maybe this is it but um i think i just started like shouting um and i like ran outside because i don't want to wake anyone up um and then my mom obviously found out and she came downstairs and she was uh, she was crying um and asked to speak to my agents and my managers and i was like mom you're gonna embarrass me um but no it was it was so sweet it was so sweet and then i like called everyone up and i was like you can't tell anyone yet but i've just been you know i got the role um and it was really hard trying to hide that from people for a long time um but yeah i think we just had like a little celebration at home and um yeah i i think to this day i i, I wish i could go back to that moment and just kind of um I don't know. There, there was just like an unparalleled excitement and energy of like, wow, I, I can't believe this has happened. I just, I feel so, so lucky. Yeah. Amazing. When, uh, you know, you dream of something and then, and then you get it. It's kind of, uh, I, I remember, I think I remember when I got told I was got the South America correspondent job at the BBC and I was just, uh, coming out of East Finchley tube and over the moon. But, um, Back to you. I mean, you've gone on record, I think, of saying that growing up, you never imagined someone with your background would be given the kind of opportunities that you're getting. Um, maybe this is a bit of a, I know, silly question, but but I mean, are these the best of times for actors from minority groups in the sense that people are now so aware um, of what they haven't been doing in the past that they're now making an extra effort to ensure that casts whether it's you know actors and writers and everyone involved are much more diverse um i feel as though it's a time in which audiences are um demanding change and asking to see different types of projects and and willing and hoping for more diverse projects and diverse casts and whether that comes in the form of um a project which is you know entirely um what's the word entirely kind of comprised that's that's not the right word <laughs> um is that the right word no sorry i couldn't hear what i couldn't hear what you just um, said when it's a project that's entirely kind of put together with with like a, a cast of, of minority actors or whether that's you know people making appearances in these projects and their ethnicity not being kind of commented on and um i i think that either way it's just so important that these things are happening and that people like myself are being given these platforms and these opportunities to play a part in in um, in projects and um, show, I think, younger people, most importantly, um, that, you know, this is something we can be doing. And this, you know, this form of representation is so important um, because, and especially in, in, in a show like Miss Marvel, where um, it is the first time that our culture is really being celebrated like this. Um, and that is something for me that is so important. And I know growing up, I would have killed to have seen more people who look like me um, in, in these types of projects and in these types of roles, because so typically it is uh, sadly um, 
what you see are, you know some sometimes very repetitive uh, i can only really comment on, on being an indian actor um the types of roles I've, I've done in the past and um the types of roles i sometimes have been put up for and those are the things that you kind of have to go through um to be able to then hopefully start doing different types of projects where it's not really at the forefront of the conversation or if it is it's being done in, in the right tone in the right manner Right. I mean, I guess in the past, I mean, I know, you know, growing up seeing films, I mean, it was always uh, kind of very stereotypical roles, let's say, for, you know, actors from from particular minorities. Yeah. Um, I mean, I read also that, that how inspired you were, I think, to see Riz Ahmed uh, become the first Muslim Best Actor nominee at the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, how big a deal was that for you? I mean, you said growing up, you wish you'd seen more. I mean, now I guess you're seeing these kind of uh, role models who, who, as in your words, look like you. Uh, how big a deal is that? It's um, It really is the most inspiring thing um there's unfortunately very few people uh, as many as many of us as there are and um and, and incredibly talented um south asian actors and actresses it's there's you know people such as riz and um and i can name so many more but it's it's not often we get to see um people being celebrated and people being acknowledged um, and you know, it is the work of people like Riz who are starting to change perceptions and really fighting for that. Um, and so I'm, I'm just such a fan of his and being able to have worked with him was, uh, again, like a dream come true. When I was at King's, um, I was doing, uh, I think a module in stylistics and performative poetry, um, whilst I, cause I was studying English language and linguistics. And, um, I think I'd done an analysis of, um, one of his monologues as Edmund in King Lear um so to be like working with him a year later was really um really surreal really cool and just such an incredible learning experience for me it was my first short film ever um it's now been nominated for an oscar um and to just play a part in that was um and we shot it on my birthday so it was like the best present ever because i was like wow i just feel like I'm, I'm learning so much here um just being able to kind of be a fly on the wall and see his process and see how he operates and even anil the director and, and everybody involved but um, the manner in which they kind of uh, conducted themselves and, and tapped into what they wanted to creatively. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, when you kind of meet, you kind of see your the, these people on screen and they're just, you know, these stars or whatever, and then you get a chance to kind of work with them. I remember doing my, my Spanish A-level at Habs and uh, having to read Mario Vargas Llosa. And then I think it was, how many years later? Like, uh, you know, Roll on a few years. I'm in his apartment interviewing him for the BBC. It was just like amazing. I still have a picture of me and him no uh, on the side there. So Isn't, it's really great when you. Yeah. It's so cool when you do get to meet your idols and, and they are everything that, you know, you've um, imagined them to be. Indeed. Uh, and look, of course, since the Marvel Universe has no qualms about going back in time, I thought we might do a bit of that as well. Uh, you're actually in the same bedroom that you used to get up for get up in to go to school at Habs? No, it's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm here at home right now. Um, it's it's funny, I still have like a bunch of, um, <laughs> I have a bunch of like little pieces from a uh, place I've done at Habs and, and things like that. And my bedroom wall is um, covered in national theatre productions. When I was at King's, I used to go down and try and watch something every week because I was at Waterloo campus. And so it's just like a little shrine of inspiration and, and things that I've been a part of or just been really inspired by. Um, but it is really nice to kind of wake up in, in this room at the moment whilst I'm at home um, and just uh, feel like a schoolboy again, although I lack that productivity at the moment. Um, you know, between, I think uh, I've got a couple of weeks off, so 
it's um it's fun but it's also nostalgic but but what i want to know is where where are the ties rish where are the ties come on i've got mine i've got them (laughs) i have actually got them i'm gonna um let me prove it let me prove it i've got Okay, well, for those who are just listening, Rish is now rummaging in his wardrobes to fish out his Habs ties. Oh, I've got one right here. Which one's that? I never got one of those. Really? Oh, I'll have to, we'll have to hunt one, <laughs> one down for you. I, look, I've never even worn it because it just it looks too nice for me to... I'm too afraid. Maybe I'll have to, um, on a nice occasion. Hopefully I'm not coming. Yeah, behind I, think I've, I think I've got... I think I've got one with purple stripes, which was from Meadows. I think this one might have been for playing water polo for the school. I can't remember if this is a colour oh, tie or not. Yeah, see, yours looks bit, different. It's been a bit longer for me than for you. <laughs> yours does look different to mine. I have the, um, I think I have a drama colour tie or something. A bunch right. of the other ones in, in there with my old suits, which I haven't worn in the longest time, but maybe I'll have to throw it on or something soon. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have to be putting it on for, for all the awards you're going to be winning uh, very <laughs> soon. But looks like... So, Rich, look, tell, tell us more about your earlier days. I mean, that's the bedroom. What, what was it, you know, your earlier days at Habs? You joined in the secondary school, prep school. Tell us about how it was yeah. for you. Um, I joined in secondary school. I joined in year seven. Um, and I remember just being, like, completely taken aback by our campus and feeling as I was in some form of, like, Hogwarts or some weird kind of makeshift dream, dream world. Um, and uh, very quickly made the closest friends I've, I've got you know, to this day in my life. And I think that that's one of the best parts about Habs is you make these connections with these people and you grow up together and everybody molds each other. And, um, you know, even now I, I left the school in 2016. So the the people I rely on, the people I talk to, the people closest to me are the Habs boys and we're, we're best friends and, you know, those things don't change. But um, I think my happiest memories at school were definitely just being involved in all of the school plays and um, socializing with everyone and uh, learning about different things that I wouldn't have previously kind of tapped into. Um, I remember like starting to play rugby even though I was never big enough, but just because everyone was doing it and being like, oh, this is a really cool new skill and like something that's going to teach me discipline and um, it's what everyone's into. So maybe I'll give it a go. And yeah, it, it was just like the most incredible experience because you have so much that is offered to you and I think people are really allowed the time to, you know, as yourself, I'm sure, like, um, find what they're, they're passionate about and, and supported in pursuing that. And this was obviously where you caught the acting bug. Can you remember the moment where you were kind of, I don't know, first time on stage doing something you thought, well, this is, this is what I want to be doing with my life? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it was, I think I, I did my first play, uh, which was, I think I was in year seven or year eight and um, Mrs. Morris Wolf was directing it. And I just remember like loving going in on the weekends to rehearse um, and being with everyone and, you know, just kind of messing around, but also um, devising and feeling like we were really making something special. Um, but I think it was just the process of being together, but, you know, with all of these people. But for me, um, it was the fact that, I felt like I could just breathe and be myself in, in these rehearsals. And um, specifically when I went into doing my A-levels and I was doing did studies at school, um, it was like the one classroom in which I just felt like the most relaxed in a way, um, where there wasn't this other type of pressure that we, you know, that we should have to deal with and we do deal with. Um, 
I say should have to in the sense of, you know, like you want to perform. Um, but that comes in a different form when you're, when you're doing drama at school. Um, it, it just feels more like a, um, the reins are kind of given to you, uh, at least whilst I was there with the incredible teachers that we had. Um, but yeah, I, I just loved it. And what else did you uh, get up to? Were you a good student? Were you, uh, you said you weren't big enough for rugby. I don't know if you were doing, uh, other stuff, whether it was tennis or water polo or, you know, football. Um, I think I, what did I get up to? I, um, I think I tried everything like a little bit here and there. I did try everything. I think there was a couple of times I've gone to some water polo practices and tried using the swimming pool because our facilities were just so great. So I was like, oh, it's just such a shame to not like, you know, try new sports or, um, things like that. But I think primarily it was, um, it was mostly just like seeing what my friends were doing and then just kind of tagging along. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember water polo was really fun. And then there was kayak polo, I think, um, which was really cool. And the most, I think, yeah, by far the most different kind of, uh, sport I'd ever tried at school. Uh, I was awful, of course, but, um, and we had such like talented, incredible athletes and sportsmen. Um, but I was just there for a laugh. And you were a, a good, well-behaved student. Were, were there a lot of detentions on your, or any on your, um, um your record? I'm, I'm proud to say I never had a detention or it was in impositions. Is that word? Maybe. I think impositions were like, were kind of writing essays and stuff when they oh, were wow, yes. detention made you stay behind. Lucky. I only had one myself okay. and that was just the clapping in a music class when no one was meant to clap, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Oh God. Yeah, no, I, I was, um, I was probably too good. I, I don't know. I think I just tried to stay out of trouble. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say I was a teacher's pet either, but I just got lucky and kind of stayed under their radar. Um, for the most, for the most part. Very good. Well, I mean, I always like to tell people I, I sat next. I sat next to Sasha Baron Cohen oh, wow. on the Henley's on the Henley's corner coach on the way to school. Um, when you were at the school, obviously, it was like I mean, he was in the sixth form when I was in the first year. So, were you aware of of him and others like Matt Lucas, Jason Isaacs, and other old Habs people in the world of entertainment? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like so, so, so aware about it. Um, I remember going to see. Um, I think it was a play at the Young Vic with uh, my best mate Jasper. And um, Matt Lucas was there and outside, and I think at the interval, I was like, <laughs> and this was when I was still at uni, but like, oh, I think I want to try acting um, and I want to like try and make this a career. And I remember just like going up to him and probably embarrassing myself, being like, Matt Lucas, oh my God, Matt Lucas. Um, in my head, I didn't say that, but I was like, oh, hi, Matt, um, I'm a Habs boy as well. And you know, I really look up to you. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say hi and blah, blah, blah. I think I probably word vomited a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think that like one of, I, I think like a very common thing about, you know, Habs boys is there's always people who are older than you and whether that's, you know, a couple years above or just one year above, but there are, there's always people that you look up to in whatever you're doing at the school. And for me, whilst I was there, I was really lucky to be mentored by some of the older actors at the school. Um, and still to this day, we're in touch like Elliot Ross and Ed Sayer have been so, so, so supportive in kind of guiding me through this journey and um have you know always been there for me whenever i want to pick up the phone and just ask for some advice or whether that's coming to my performances and um you know just championing me so i think we just have a really tight-knit community and it's really great to be able to look up to other people and see how they're doing and, and ask them questions and just be vulnerable with them um because 
that is, um, I think, one of the most important things is having support from people who are going to give it to you kind of willingly and openly um, without any judgment. So what, what did Matt Lucas say back to you? Can you remember? He said, um, you're going to be in the MCU. I can feel it. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could remember. Um, he was just really nice. He was just really, really nice. It was like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. How are you enjoying the, the show? Um, and I probably just work on it some more like I am right now. Fun fact, he was in my brother's year uh, at Habs. Uh, but, um, I mean, everyone, I guess, has got their own unique route as to how they got to where they got to in, in the entertainment world. I think you started on the stage in London. How do you go from just being in school plays, you know, being a Habs boy on stage at the school plays to being, you know, quote unquote, a, a real actor, um, you know, on the stage? Um, it, it's not exactly a common path, especially in a school where I guess the overwhelming emphasis is on academic uh, achievements rather than, you know, let's say cultural ones. Yeah. Um, I think like there was the summer before I joined Kings, I'd um, done a three week intensive at the National Youth Theatre, which a bunch of uh, young actors go through and a bunch of people from Habs have done. And I remember seeing, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a couple of the boys in here above me having done that course and feeling like, oh, okay, this is um, clearly something, you know, worth auditioning for. Um, and that was really the first time I was surrounded by a, a whole classroom full of people who wanted to do the same thing as me because when I was doing theatre studies at school, it was literally just three of us in that A-level class. So um, it kind of opened my eyes a bit more and a bit further to the possibility of like, oh, wow, people really do pursue this. And this isn't something that, you know, is just um, a fleeting kind of idea. Um when you have the likes of Sacha Baron Cohen and Matt Lucas being alumni of your school, but you know, people can do this and enjoy it. And, um, and if you do enjoy it, hopefully it turns into, you know, a self-sustaining career. Um, but it was, it was really that, that kind of made me realize that it's something that maybe I wanted to pursue, but I'd already enrolled to Kings and I was like, Oh, I'm not going to drop out, but maybe I'm going to try and make this work on the side because I know how important it is to also finish my degree. Um, and whilst I was at Kings, I, um, I think I'd, I'd done a couple of the plays um, and did some fringe stuff. Um, and then I ended up kind of getting really lucky and being signed by an agency in the UK. Um, and then I was like, oh, I've made it. I'm an actor now. Um, and I was so, so, so wrong uh, because I didn't realize I was so naive. Like, that is just the first step. And it is so much projection involved. And um, I think it made me a lot more thick skinned, to be honest, was like, trying to juggle university and um, going in for auditions and just learning because I haven't trained and um, a lot of young British actors have. But as you said, you know, there's so many different ways into this into this industry and this career path. But for me, that was just kind of the way I did it was um, going in, trying to introduce myself to casting directors and trying to gauge <laughs> how, to, how to read the room. Um, and I think just like learning in each audition, what's cool is um, every, every characters so different that you do get to audition for or hopefully you know they are and so you get to try different things and you can kind of start to feel out when it's quite early like what it is that you enjoy and what you feel like is um more aligned to like the types of projects you want to be involved with um and then yeah i found myself uh in talk song and, and your parents were, were happy presumably they sent you to haberdashers to to get good grades and you know go on to to you know some kind of great career um were they happy with your 
choice? Yeah, yeah, super happy, super happy. Um, thankfully, they've been the most supportive parents, you know, on the planet. And I, I couldn't um, have asked for any more support from them, whether that was uh, saying like, yes, pursue it, go for it when I was at school and saying that still when I was at uni and just being like, look, um, it's going to be tough, but you just have to try. And um, when I went to my first pilot season in LA, they supported me through that financially and I felt awful, but um, you know, I, I was really lucky that they gave me that time to um, really find my feet in the industry. And um, I think now they're starting to um, reap the rewards a little bit and they're a bit like, oh, cool, well, you know, we supported you, so, you know, maybe take us to this premiere or something. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But um, yeah, no, they were, they were really supportive, really, really, really supportive. Great. And uh, I guess your big break was, was Emmerdale um, on, on ITV. How did that come about? Was that just your agent going, sending you to an audition and you got it and that was it? Yeah, um, it was... It was, um, I wouldn't even know if I would call it a big break, to be honest. It, and, and I don't, I don't even know if like, yeah, I don't know if, um, big break is like a term that I, I like kind of believe in, but it was, um, definitely something that has helped me. Um, but it was, I think the summer after that pilot season, after which I'd had my first screen tests for a project, which didn't end up going my way. Um, and I was like, oh, man, and COVID had just hit. So I had to come back home. Um, and, um, it was, I think one of the first auditions I had when I was back and I was just excited to be back on a set and, uh, play another character. Um, but it's definitely, um, yeah, it was definitely a fun experience. Well, I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but career wise, it does seem that you've kind of, you know, gone up and to the right, you know, whether it's starting in a, I guess, you know, a, a smaller London, you know, theater production, Emmerdale, and then you made your Hollywood debut, I think, in All the Boys uh, last year. Uh, is it just kind of a natural progression? That, that, that Does it seem like a natural thing, or is it really like a massive leap to suddenly go from auditioning for Emmerdale to auditioning for, for like a Hollywood uh, Hollywood film? Um, it's it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both because um, you, have to, you have to be really, really lucky, and I think a lot of it is about timing for everybody, you know, and um, having an amazing team who support you and really believe in you and are able and willing to put you into those into those bigger rooms. But I think a lot of it is also like having proven that you can do other things before that. So um, hopefully it's a progression and hopefully it's just gonna keep you know going the way it's going. But um, I think for me, I'm not like trying to seek anything in particular, but I just, I just wanna keep being challenged and keep trying new things um, and keep traveling and meeting new people. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I, I hope that this is just the start of, start of my career and you know, <laughs> Um, I have plenty more to, to offer. Well, the industry is certainly uh, taking note. Uh, I think you're due to be in a variety among its top 10 Brits to watch. Is that for 2022, is it? Yes. Yes, sir. Um, that is, uh, it's, it's for 2021, I believe. It's, um, but I think the, the cool part about it is I think that we're kind of discussing the projects that I have that are up upcoming in 2022. So, yeah, you're right. Um, it's, it's such a privilege. It's such an honor. I mean, I was looking at some of the alumni of that list and there are so many people who I'm inspired by and to be on that list alongside some of my, my friends, um, is really, um, it's, it's really humbling, honestly, because I, again, it's, it's something that I never would have imagined, uh, happening to me, uh, especially, especially this year, 
um, but it's um, it's really great to be uh, recognized and acknowledged and uh, hopefully people enjoy my work and my projects. And what advice would you give to any Habs boys and girls, or I guess anyone really, uh, wanting to break into the acting world when I guess... I guess it's. I guess maybe it's harder, even in a way that if you're at a school like Haberdashers, where you know, the the, the emphasis is on you know, achieve, achieve achieving very high standards in terms of you know subjects and exams and getting into good universities and and the like. Uh, maybe it's harder to kind of go down the path that is just so unconventional when so many go down. Not that it's a bad thing to go down a, a quote unquote conventional path, but you know, when you're able to go into whether it's banking or becoming a lawyer or accountant or even a journalist or whatever that that maybe it's harder to go down this unconventional route so what advice would you have for uh, for these um aspiring actors um i think you're right i think Habs is definitely very academically inclined and that's um that's a great thing and it's a great strength that i think it's kind of um it ingrains in its students to to be hardworking and to be disciplined and to strive for you know the best in whatever they're doing but um i think it's really really important for any student apps to realize that um you might get laughed at or you might get kind of uh, ridiculed or people might think that um and it, luckily that wasn't the case for me but i think sometimes that um you know when you do want to do something that's a bit less conventional uh you can feel a bit isolated especially in a school where academia is at the forefront of of um the conversation a lot of the time so um hopefully you know some of the some of the students can see um the brilliant work of, of our alumni before me and um and hopefully uh dabble into some of the stuff i'm doing and, and realize that um you can you can literally do whatever you want and you can do anything as long as you're enjoying it because that's the most important thing um but just to kind of pursue what you want to do and not feel um obligated or pressurized to to follow your peers or follow um and you should follow the words of your teachers, but um, you know also understanding that guidance is guidance, and what you want to do is what you want to do, and hopefully aligning the two together. And um, that was, yeah. And I guess you can even become headmaster of the school. I think Gus Locke is the current headmaster. He was in my class uh, at uh, school, which makes me feel really, really old. But wow. uh, but there we go. Um, well, this kind of section I'm going to call the big asks, um, just like a kind of questions we're going to put to everyone on this podcast so the first one is what year did you leave the school 2016 and did you enjoy your time there i loved my time there i really did and who was the head teacher when you were there it was mr hamilton at the time and uh, who are your favorite teachers and what did they teach um got to be mr wheeler uh, got to be mr wheeler english language he taught me um in my as and a2 studies in english language as well as Mr. Norton and Mrs. Morris Wolf, who um, had both taught me in drama and did studies, as well as obviously doing all of the extracurricular stuff with me. Um, I think they were incredible people to be around because they just like let you have fun and um, also instilled the right kind of um, ethics into, into their students as well. But um, yeah, definitely those were the classes which I enjoyed the most and the teachers. And I guess one of the perks of school plays is you get to do it with uh, with the girls' school as well. Um, did did you interact much with the students at the at the girls' school? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think that was one of the most fun things about it was it, it was like an opportunity to be able to um, work with um, girls, and that's not something we got to do at my time there at school, other than in the sixth form. I think it was in E and E enhancement and enrichment classes, but um, 
you know, more regularly in rehearsal processes. And that's so important to be able to collaborate together and to be able to, um, yeah, to be able to create together and work together. Um, and it was um, something that provided a lot, I think, really useful skills that um, had it purely been just voice productions, um, I would have felt slightly out of my depth going into NYT, for example. I don't know. But yeah, it was really fun. I think you've already answered this next question. Uh, have you ever, have you kept in touch with your old schoolmates? I think you've already told us they're, yes, they're your best mate. I have been I've been okay. bugging them. I've been bugging them whilst I'm whilst I'm back. So um, they're probably they're probably bored of me by now, to be honest. Um, I, I'm sure that's not true. Um, and just find, do you have any other accomplishments, perhaps outside of the acting world, that you uh, you you want to mention? Um, I, I wish, I wish. I <laughs> I'm trying to work on it. You know, I'm trying to um, I'm trying to learn new skills and do new things but at the moment i'm just focusing on um the year ahead and um the release of these projects and, and the next one and just very very finally i mean you hear of all sorts of crazy things going on in in hollywood or on film sets or whatever is there any what's the kind of craziest thing that's happened to you since you've gone down this uh, acting route that you're able to share you can you can leave names out of it if uh, if you might get in trouble um, <laughs> God, what can I say? Um, I, I, I think one of the craziest things for me was like meeting some of my idols and uh, getting to work out with some of the other cast members in the MCU. Um, that that was really surreal and really cool because I genuinely felt like it was a family in, in the moment in which that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that those are all fun. But um, the craziest thing is actually just being able to work and be, be on these projects and uh, just feel like really inspired being there. Okay, so uh, we'll have to speak to you in a few years' time to get all yeah, some, yeah, some real dirt, yeah, I think. Yeah, we can really start talking, yeah. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us from your from your childhood bedroom. Um, yeah. And it's been really interesting and fun, and I can't wait to see you uh, on the big screen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Elliot, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, I, hope, I hope I uh, gave something worth listening to and uh, uh, some of the some of the students uh, who are there right now can kind of relate to what I'm saying. Uh, very much so. So, uh, Rishar, actor and Habs boy, thank you very much. And if you want a, more info about our guests or the school, please visit uh, www.habsboys.org.uk. Uh, or if you want to find out about me, that's uh, gotkin.com. Uh, and you can uh, follow us on your favourite social media, uh, at Habs or at Elliot Gotkin or at egotkin. And uh, we'll be back again next time with another celebrated old haberdasher. And we do hope you will join us again then. For now, though, bye-bye.